Hello, ghosts and ghouls. This is the Deer Man. You're damn right, it's the Deer Man Spooktacular. Thank you so much for listening week after week. The in-betweener's going great. If you haven't caught the last one, it's Zach Chapman. We bump nuts. You can support Deer Man by going to patreon.com slash ahilbert or clicking one of our Amazon links. Our central hub of information is DearManBegins.com. I'm Andrew Hilbert. Thank you so much for listening. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this tale of madness. Jeannie was chewing her cereal, half reading the ingredients and half checking to see if I was looking at her. It was one of those mornings, the type you wake up annoyed with each other but not sure why. You look beautiful this morning, I said. She kind of grimaced and moved the cereal box in front of her face and grunted. I'm going to open the window, I said. The air is too stuffy. Uh Uh-huh. I got up and went for the window, making a big, exaggerated and goofy steps to try to get the cereal box face to smile. No luck. I opened the window. If it's going to be one of those kind of days, just tell me so I don't bother to. A crow flew in, interrupting the placement of my foot into my mouth. The crow flew in and squawked like a lunatic, flapping its wings and knocking our photos over. Kill it. What did you just say? Jeannie and I both said at the exact same time. You heard it too? She asked. I nodded. Kill it. What? I asked. Jeannie pushed herself away from the table and took off her shoe. She stood up in her chair and swatted at it. She missed every time it flew near her. Kill it. And bam, she hit it. And it went flying across the room, hit the wall and slid to the ground. Finish it. Jeannie got off the chair and walked towards it. I followed close behind. We stood over the struggling bird as it flapped itself into a stroke on the ground. Jeannie lifted her foot to stomp, but as soon as gravity pulled her foot down, the bird jolted into the air again, shitting and squawking all over the place. It was having seizures in the air, its tiny eyes hanging by threads out of their sockets. Kill it! Jeannie swatted at the resurrected bird without much luck. It flew around, raging in our little house. Its squawks were tiny symphonies of people screaming, crying, and begging for life. Every sound out of its beak was human misery. The crow was not earthly. Kill it! Something came over me. My body tingled and numbed, and without my command, my legs moved for the kitchen. The spatula, for whatever reason, seemed like a good weapon. I grabbed it. As soon as I did, the crow perched itself on top of our fridge, and with its eyes dangling towards the ground, its empty socket stared at me. It dared me to swing. Its eyes were were human and knowing. I swung. The crow's body met the linoleum floor with a thud. We both stood over it as it squirmed. The defiant squawking was gone, replaced by breathy gasps of white noise as if from an old TV stuck on channel 3. I was still holding the spatula with a death grip. I felt its wooden handle dig stigmata into my palm. Finish it. It's not so fucking hard, I said to Jeannie, but my voice didn't sound like my own. I didn't even feel like it came from me. It came from below me. I glared into her eyes, but hers glared with equal intensity back. Staring at her, I stomped on the crow. It gave out one last whoopee cushion gasp, and its eyes finally unthreaded themselves from its skull and its sockets shut, but but not before I looked into them to see my kill. Good. Good. Just like that, my trance was over. The numbness disappeared, and my palms got so sweaty that the spatula slipped out of my hand and onto the floor, right next to its victim. I looked at my palms. They were bloody from my grip. We both returned to the table. 
That was weird, Jeannie said. Ah, it was, wasn't it? She moved the box out of my view of her face. You're so damn beautiful, I said. She blushed a little, smiled a little, and put her spoon in her mouth. Even the sound of her chewing made me happy. I let myself get lost in my own mindless observations of her spoon going without effort into her mouth, like God created her to be the perfect representation of someone eating. If Cezanne could paint moving pictures, his masterpiece would be her. Jenny's eyes darted for the window. A mean-looking, malnourished black cat jumped into the house. Claws out. It tore through our sofa and screamed. Kill it. We both turned to each other like we'd been through this before, but it felt fresh. It felt new and terrifying. The voice rattled the windows and shook our pictures off the shelves. Did you just say something, I asked? I thought you did. We both knew neither of us had said a damn word. The cat inched over to our table, hissing. Dried blood coated its eyes and foam dried up around its mouth. With bared teeth, the cat lunged at my leg. Kill it. The tingling was back. Ginny got out of her chair, picked it up over her head, and threw it at the cat. But the cat was nimble. It darted into five directions at once. It was a black fog of movement, untraceable, but everywhere and nowhere. I was calm. I stalked the cat as it tore black holes through our house. My focus was sharp, but I had nothing to kill this thing with. Jeannie was screaming, not a scared, hopeless, pathetic scream, but one with demonic passion, as she broke the chair into pieces with her hands. She stood up, eyes empty, with a piece of splintered wood in each hand. Her breathing was heavy, short gasps. Without looking at me, she passed me a piece of wood. Don't fuck this up, she said. I nodded. It barely registered that her voice was three octaves lower and in harmony with the white noise that descended into my thoughts. Kill it! The cat was hiding under our bed, scared and violent. Its eyes stared into us with human-like communication. The cat knew death was on its way, but like any creature worth its evolutionary history, it fought inevitability. It hissed and pawed the claws out at the air as we stalked forward. I got onto my hands and knees. As soon as I did that, the cat swiped its claws across my face. I stood up. The blood was flowing, sure, but it felt as refreshing as a dip into the lake. I was an animal, strengthened by my missteps and pain. My tongue lapped up my own blood. Jeannie stared into me, shaking her head. Don't fuck this up, she said again. I nodded. Kill it. She was on one side of the bed. I was on the opposite. I grabbed the mattress and threw it into the air. It wasn't my own strength. It's the blood. The cats first stood up and it scrambled into Jeannie's walking closet. Jeannie, with her weapon raised into the air, stalked close behind. Each one of my steps were reverberating bass drums in my skull. My eyes rolled back into my head. My tongue tensed like steel. The white noise took over. Jenny lifted her piece of chair into the air and swung hard. The cat ran out of the closet and into the kitchen. Its eyes rested on the carpet. Not enough. Kill it. Our bodies turned for the kitchen in the procession. The cat lost all its fight, but in its mouth was what it came for. The crow. Even without eyes, the cat's bleeding socket stared into ours, and the distortion and screaming in my brain got louder. Kill it! Jenny marched forward and swung. The cat was thrust toward the wall, gasping and blind, squirming and unaware of my final blow. Good. The white noise faded. Our weapons fell to the floor. We looked at each other. A feeling of rejuvenation came over me. Every nerve in my body was on fire, and every muscle was relaxed. What a mess, Jenny said to me. I know, I said. We walked back to the table. Jenny stood. Her chair was nothing more than a pile of splinters. I'll get another one on the way home from work, I said, mouth full of raisin bran. I can get it, she said. I think I'm the one who broke it. How did it break anyway? We both shrugged and continued to eat, gawking at each other as if we just fell in love. 
man's voice wafted through our window. Hello? Hello? He asked. I'm looking for my cat. He was a dirty man with a white beard stained with soot and gutter water. His eyes were yellow and bloodshot. He smiled. The few teeth left in his mouth wouldn't be there long. I mean, you know inconvenience, folks, he said as he leaned through the window. His, his dirty fingers left marks on her windowsill. I'm just looking for my cat and perhaps a bite to eat. Sure, sure, Jenny said. Come around to the front door. I stared at the grime he was leaving on our window. Thank you so kindly, miss, the bum said. I mean you no nuisance. Jenny unlocked the door, just like a cartoon hobo. He had his hat in his hands and his gaze downcast at the floor. Kill it. Jenny slammed the door and locked it. I felt my vision go in and out of blackness like a strobe light. My eyes were locked on the trail of dirt this bum was leaving all over everything he set foot on. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> the man said. I'm sure sorry if I've caused you upset. But it just sounded like baby talk to me. The white noise was back. My own cold blood in my face began to flow again. His eyes were unbelieving, unknowing, like a stupid animal. Kill it. I was just looking for my cat, folks. Jenny trance walked to our room and then came back out with a Louisville slugger. She played softball after work. Could have used some nails. She threw it to me. I caught it, still staring this bum in the face. I swung a good swing, but the bum stood there like it wasn't the first time his head was a baseball. His chin quivered as his eyes welled with tears. Please, please, folks, please. I've got a mama and papa long dead. I got a family somewhere. Please, please let me go in peace. He lurched forward and fell into me with a hug. I know, I know it don't seem so good, mister, but I don't want to die. He slobbered into my chest and the tingling disintegrated. I was back on earth. One look at the baseball bat in my hand and I was crying too. I'm sorry, I said. Jenny was wailing and banging her head against the floor. What is happening? She said over and over again, but it wasn't too long until... Kill it. We snapped out of it. A deafening soundlessness rested in between my ears, and there was that pathetic hobo snobbing all over my shirt. I looked at the windowsill and the black grime he left all over it. I tightened my clinch on the bat. His eyes were confused, still totally unbelieving of his fate. I was just looking for my cat. He was just looking for his cat. Kill it. Time fast-forwarded and my bat met his skull hundreds of times before his body jerked around like a dying fish. His eyes stayed open, still in dis disbelief like an animal. Good. The white noise was gone. Jenny was screaming and sobbing into the fibers of our carpet. I was shaking, shivering cold until the urge to vomit overcame me. She crawled to me, clutched me in her arms. We rocked together as we came to terms with the shock. Why? 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 She kept asking until her words became nothing more than a drone and finally nothing at all but white noise. She grabbed my face and made me stare into her eyes. Dumb, unbelieving eyes, like an animal. Hey y'all, thank you so much for coming to the Spooktacular today. That story was Voice of God. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting us through patreon.com slash ahilbert. You can go to DearManBegins.com, click on one of our Amazon links, and uh, buy something. Uh, it helps support the show. Thanks so much for coming. We're going to do a couple more spectaculars this month because it is the Hell Month, my favorite month of the year, and Friday the 13th is just tomorrow. Uh, Dear Man will continue this month as well. Thank you to my patrons. Thank you for listening. Share, subscribe, do all that shit. Thank you.